Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 74 of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. My name is Marshall St. Patrick Hewitt, one half of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast, and you know who's with me. Yes, and thank you, Mash. It's a, it's a truce at the moment because both the Jamaica Talawas and Guyana Amazon Warriors are still alive and kicking in the CPR heading into the playoff week. So things might change in the coming days, but for now, we're all friends on here. And Mash, we're joined by a very special returning guest as part of our CPL coverage. Yes, most definitely. It's it's only our second ever returning guest on, on the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. Um, and we had to. We had to get this guest on. Obviously, if you're watching on the visuals, you can already tell. Um, if you're listening on the audio, I will do the big intro. But um, we're in the height of CPL season. Um, we're in the Guyana leg of the tournament. I'm sure our guest is super excited because the crowds in Guyana have been off the chain. Um, Santoki, that... That crowd may well yet take Guyana to their first ever, their first ever CPL um, title. But without any further ado, I'm delighted uh, to welcome back to the Caribbean Cricket Podcast the CEO of the Caribbean Premier League, uh, Mr. Pete Russell. Pete, how you doing? Great, lads. Thank you for having me on again. It's uh, it's good to be back. Most definitely, Pete. And uh, listen, we, we, we're going to get we're going to get right into it because what a I think the first time we spoke to you was 2020. So the COVID, the COVID season. Um, and I guess let's start with just reflecting on those last three years and what what it's meant to, to kind of you as the CEO to finally get CPL back in front of crowds in more than one place. Um, and certainly with no disrespect to St. Lucia and St. Kitts, who've also added to the tournament, but certainly in Trinidad and Guyana, you've had probably what I'd call the traditional, original feel back of, of what CPL is known for 
um, in terms of raucous crowds <laughs> and, and high octane energy. But from your perspective over that kind of last three year journey, I don't even know how you try and sum it up in a few words, but what's it been like? Yeah, look, I, th I think COVID, I mean, we know it was tough for, for everyone. And I think for us, you know, our, our position very early on actually was to, to make sure we got, we got the games played. Um, you know, we obviously knew it was going to be difficult. Um, as you say, no crowds, you know, difficult getting people into the Caribbean. Um, but, you know, we, we had great support from Trinidad in 2020 and then St. Kitts in 21. So, um, you know, to play those two seasons, I think, was incredibly important for the brand. I think it was, you know, a lot of other tournaments went by the wayside. You know, history will re repeat that, you know, IPL didn't finish and had to come back again. PSL didn't complete. So lots of issues elsewhere. And I think testament actually to the way the tournament was organised um, from a local perspective and obviously the work we did as well. But it was, yeah, it was, it was very important that those two seasons took place. And again, you know, you, you saw the quality of cricket in those two events. You know, that's the one thing that's been the mainstay is the cricket's been fantastic. And, you know, if you wind forward to this year, you know, you look at the league table. And yes, today was a bit disappointing that we didn't get a game between uh, Jamaica and St. Lucia. But the tournament's been very close. Each Anyone can beat anyone. I mean, I know Barbados are, are sort of clear at the minute, but that can change in a heartbeat. And you just have to see what Guyana have done coming last from last to sort of second, and then I know they've dropped down to fourth today, but you know they could well go on, as you rightly say, and lift the title, which uh, would be phenomenal. But it, coming back to your point about crowds, I mean, that's really where we've, you know, that's been our lifeblood for the last few seasons and before COVID. And I think, look, we got record crowds in St. Lucia, so we were very pleased with that. Um, St. Kitts was sort of hit a little bit by the weather, so I think it was understandable that you know, we didn't necessarily get the maximum crowds there, but Trinidad was rocking, and I mean, I don't know whether you got to watch the game last night, but that was off the charts, as will tonight. Tonight will be another sellout. So we don't have really any tickets left to sell, which is fantastic. <laughs> Santelki, sorry. Yeah, no, firstly, Peter, I must commend you for having probably the greatest Wi-Fi connection I've ever seen someone in Guyana have. <laughs> <laughs> I've, um, got two, I've got two people standing outside with an antenna. <laughs> <laughs> but let's let, let's talk about sort of so in terms of the CPL structure obviously you've gone from having because of COVID solo hosts um to this year we've got four different nations hosting is that sort of the long-term plan um or is there a plan to go back to having six hosts um what is sort of your vision for the upcoming years yeah it's it's, it's one that we you know we mulled at the end what, what was interesting about COVID is it, it teaches you a lot it teaches you a lot about you know, how you can structure your organisation probably in a more efficient way. And what we found was actually the 10 o'clock game and the 7pm game worked very well. It worked very well in, in India. And then we obviously got our, our local audience here for the 7pm game. And we sort of thought, well, actually, that's probably a, a good structure to have. So that was the reason really for coming back with four countries. And, you know, you've got to remember when we were putting the schedule together, COVID was still very much an active part of our life. So you didn't want to sort of overreach in any way and suddenly end up uh, with a problem. So that was sort of the, the really the reasoning behind it. I think it's worked incredibly well. Uh, you know, we do pick up obviously our Indian audience for a 10 a.m. game. But again, the cricket has been good. You know, so my view is, yes, we can bring the, the, the party in the evening, which is fantastic. Um, but the 10 a.m. game, cricket, good cricket is good cricket. It doesn't matter whether it's played in front of 20,000 people or one person. So, 
that's always the key for me, whether the intensity would still be there for those early games. And of course, these guys are, are seasoned professionals and they want to put on a show. So, so that hasn't been a problem at all. Would we go back to six countries? It's possible, but as you two know, you know, you look at the cricket window or cricket calendar, and you figure out, well, how do we play more games? It's it's not easy. And and what has it been like to have this kind of final stage in Guyana? I mean, <laughs> we'll have fans from different areas of the Caribbean listening to this, but I've got to call it as I see it. The the atmosphere um, for those Providence night games have been like. It, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's like an advertiser's dream. Like it looks like somewhere you want to be. I think Santoki sent me a message uh, a couple of days ago about uh, Santoki. You'll remind me of the exact wording, but something to do with the the decibel level in Providence being one of the highest in sport, or, or, or something like that. So I was just just intrigued. What led to the decision making? How did it all come about to move? Not even finals week. It's because it's the last stage of the tournament into yeah. finals week. How did it all come together to to take it to Guyana? I think it goes. But I mean, look, you make a, the, a very good point. I mean, both actually, you know, Queens Park Oval, Lara, and Providence. If you take those three stadiums, especially when they're full or pretty much full, which we've had over the last ten days, um, the decibel levels are ridiculous. I mean, it's it is that place you want to be. I mean. <laughs> You know, the amount of people that are watching it, Christ, I want to go and watch cricket in those stadiums because it's just so intense. And, you know, that was really the idea. We wanted to finish the tournament with those two destinations so that you you knew you were going to get to the business end of the tournament and the excitement was going to build around the cricket. But then we had this wonderful backdrop of huge crowds and all that entertainment that goes with it. So, you know, you're right. I mean, I was watching the game... I mean, it's always interesting because obviously you're there live, but I love watching it on TV to see what the, the viewer gets to watch. Um, and my God, you, it just, it, you wouldn't, you're right, you wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I mean, where else would you want to be watching cricket? It was bonkers. So, and that's that's really, I think, a precursor to what's going to come in the next week because it's. I think it's only going to build as Guyana probably go on their merry way and hopefully get to the final. So I told you, what's going, what's going on there? There's a Guyana bias on this, on this podcast. <laughs> so just, just for my Talawas fans, I am still back in the Talawas. All the way. Yeah. And, but, you know, the, it, you're right. The last four teams, I mean, I know, as I said, Barbados have been, I think, the standout team. But they're all good teams. I mean, anyone on their day can beat anyone. So it's going to yeah. be some intriguing cricket. And we also had uh, this year the inaugural women's CPL take part. So three franchises in that sort of looking at it, how did you view it as a success? How did you sort of find that? I just thought that was brilliant because yeah. actually the the it, what was lovely was to, to see the women come into a franchise environment. Um, you know, they'd never been part of that before. They've you know, so even just simple things like when they picked up their team kit and their bags and felt part of a thing. You know, a group, not just the women's but the men's because and that was the, the important thing that I wanted to do was to make sure that the women played alongside the men I didn't want to put them um, out separately so they felt you know they weren't part of something so I definitely wanted them to be part of it and we did little things I mean I don't know whether you noticed but we kept the boundaries exactly the same for the women as we did for the men so you know we tried to make it as inclusive as possible for them to feel part of what CPL is about and I just thought the reaction when well, both when Barbados won the 60 
and then Trinidad won uh, the women's CPR. You know, the, the, just you could feel it, the way they all celebrated. It was it was great to watch. And the, the feedback's been very strong. And, you know, it's something that hopefully we can build alongside Cricket West Indies in the future. How how many years in the making was a women's CPL? Had it, I'm just intrigued, was it like two years ago or was it literally in this year run up to CPL 2022? What What made the brand want to take the plunge, so to speak, in introducing the women's competition? So we played we play two exhibition games in 2019 in Trinidad. Mm. Um, and look, I, those again, they were T10s actually. But but again, we looked at that and, um, you know, there was a lot of enthusiasm around that. It was only two teams. Um, but then, of course, you look around the world and you see what the 100 has done with its women's games. Um, and we sort of felt the time was right. I mean, you know, look, it's, it's always a challenge because... You know, bolting another tournament on, similar actually with the 60s, the commercial pressures are significant because it, it's not a slam dunk that people are just going to say, oh, great, you're doing women's cricket, we'll, we'll back you and support you. So so I would look at both of those two events as investments um, mm. as opposed to, yeah, okay, well, we, we did it and it was a huge commercial success. I think they were hugely successful, but I think the commercial element probably follows. Um but yeah, it's it's sort of since 2019 we sort of thought, yeah, you know, we we need to do this, and I think for actually for West Indies cricket or, or, or women's cricket in the West, I think it's vitally important that we do keep going with this because actually it's another way of you know young girls, and it's again it's fascinating how many young girls or women who've come up to me and say, oh, you know what, I used to play cricket when I was at school, and I wish this was around because it, it gives them again a sense of okay, well actually if I do play that, maybe I'll go and play in the hundred, and then the IPL is doing its thing so there's opportunity for for women's cricketers coming up so we want to be part of that we've mentioned it a few times now it's come up so the 60 you've obviously not only did you bolt the women's cpl onto onto the existing cpl you bolted on a new format the 60 got a lot of people talking for different reasons sort of when you came up with the planning stages of that what was your objective with bringing in the 60 before the cpl I mean, if I'm honest, it was more logistical than anything because, you know, I had all the teams there. I had um, pretty much everything I needed to put a, another tournament on in place. So I didn't have to, to, if you like, reinvent the wheel and say, OK, well, we're doing a new tournament and bring all those added costs in. So I could sort of amortise the costs, if you like. But actually, the whole idea behind it was to say, look, we wanted to create a new concept in as much as this is about four days of cricket four or five days. It's a bit like, you know, rugby sevens in that sense. You 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 have that party that starts on a Wednesday, ends on a Sunday. But it's it's really quick fire, quick snack stuff. Um T ten for me, I've always been fascinated by the concept because it's actually a very I think it's a it's a format that suits the West Indies style even more. Um but if you look at the way we've done it, so you know, six wickets, um you know, unlocking power. The six wickets thing, actually, I think was the best thing we did because yeah. teams teams took a while to figure out that actually you can go smashing it from ball one, but then you're five wickets down after five overs and you, oh, hello, you know, what do I do now? So they, they adapted themselves. And actually, if you notice by the end of that, they, they were playing a lot more, I wouldn't say conservatively, but, you know, making sure that they, they pace their innings. So I think actually, and you know, some things we didn't quite get right. Um, I think, a fan ball may not may be a, a bit of a stretch, but again, that was quite interesting. But I think, as you said, it got people talking. I mean, it got people saying, "Well, what is this thing?" And you know, we're not going to play it again before CPL. That's not the intention. The intention is to play it throughout the year at different times. So 
you know, whether we get a Grenada at Christmas or Barbados at Easter. That's that was the idea. It was really just to give it a launch pad. It's interesting that you say that actually, because you've kind of touched on some areas I wanted to to uh, to delve into, and I might leave them for Santelki because actually the first thing I want to ask you is who <laughs> I'm really intrigued as to the marketing idea of the 60. Who are you going to give credit to it for? So all the kind of like, okay, you're going to switch over at uh, sorry, 30 balls from one end, 30 from the other, uh, six wickets and you're done, uh, etc. I'm I'm just intrigued as to where where did the idea come from? So, to how do you create that brand? So here's here's how it started. So there's me sitting there on a cold October day in the UK, and I have my marketing team. I've got Peter Miller, who you know obviously, and Chris Watson, and we're sitting there, and I'm going right. Look, we want to do this. I don't want to call it the T10. I don't want to call it the the Caribbean T10 because that's just. Um, that's what everyone calls them. So I said, I want a unique descriptor for it. And yes, okay, we nicked it a little bit from the 100 in terms of what they've done. But actually 60 for us was the perfect because it, 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 we could use sixes. You could do all sorts of things with it in terms of a name. But the, the key thing is it's our brand. The 60 is our brand. So no one else can call their tournaments the 60. So that's, that's a brand that hopefully is synonymous with what we can do in the Caribbean. And then I said, look, think of it in the terms that someone is playing a video game. So think about uh, the fan base you're looking at and think about what, what would someone playing a video game think of? They want to unlock things. They want to get rewarded for things. They want things to happen quickly, hence spreading just from one end. Um, and so, you know, the unlocking the power play was something, you know, you get rewarded for doing something. Um, and then it's about, you know, and, and Miller was very adamant that, look, you have to make it from a cricketing perspective, uh, more viable, hence the six wickets came in. In fact, I think we started with seven wickets, but went back to six. But so, you know, that was really the starting point. The starting point was to think, think of your audience, think of what they're used to doing and what they're used to expecting in the entertainment that they already consume. So video games uh, and let's build it from there. And I, look, I think it was, I think it was, as you say, interestingly received. I mean, certainly day one, everyone hated it, but by the end of it, people got the hang of it. You know, they were saying, oh, actually, yeah, it's not too bad. And players loved it. Players absolutely love it. Santoki, I'll, I'll let you jump in. But I mean, I speak for Santoki myself when I say we enjoyed, we enjoyed it. To, we always said from day one through to the end of the tournament, it was just, it was enjoying. It was enjoyable, sorry, I should say. And I, I think if people thought too deeply beyond that, then yeah, of course, you can find anything to nitpick at. But first and foremost, I found it to just be an enjoyable format um, of cricket to watch. Sorry, Santoki. Yeah, no, definitely agree with you, Mash. And um, just going back, sorry, to the to the women's CPL, we obviously, it was an enjoyable tournament. A lot of fans would say it was probably a bit too short for their liking. Are there plans to sort of make it longer going forward, just allow the players to have more time to develop into it? Definitely. And that's something you will definitely do for sure. I think, you know, we wanted to give the women a lot of cricket. So hence why the 60 worked for us, because they could, they played a, a fair few games in that as well. So, but yeah, the women's CPL will definitely extend it. Um, whether I will extend to more teams at the minute is debatable. Um, just because, again, you just have to think of the, you know, the, the number of women's cricketers out there right now. And I think as the, the 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 base of players grows, and obviously will integrate more. But you know, a lot of international players have already contacted us to sign up going forward. So, you know, I I think it's definitely something that will um, 
yeah, we'll definitely expand the number of games. It's whether we expand the number of franchises. Actually, and, and speaking of teams, if I if I pivot to the men ever so quickly, Pete, I ask you this all the time. I'm gonna ask, <laughs> I'll ask you again. Um, on behalf of those in those in Grenada, for example, <laughs> for example, or even Dominica, I I I'm fairly certain what you're going to say, but has it ever crossed your mind to to go more than six teams in in CPL? I know logistically it might be an issue, but has it ever crossed your mind to have a seventh franchise yeah definitely and you know we're we're currently reviewing and seeing whether that's a possibility but that that's the beauty of the 60 as well because the 60 i can take anywhere so you know Mm. if we wanted to go and play five games in dominica or antigua or grenada or wherever you can do that so you know that becomes something that you can localize very easily The, the franchises putting another franchise in per se is not necessarily an issue um other than to say, you know, it is, it just gobbles up a bit more time. You need more days to do it. And that's really where the challenge comes in because, you know, cricket West Indies have a, have a pretty full schedule as you would have seen from this year. So, you know, you bust up against them and then you've also got world cups coming, you know, every year now. So yeah, it's challenging, but yeah, I think, I think it's something we'll look at. I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't bet against us having another franchise in the next couple of years. Interesting. And then in terms of this tournament and I guess 2022, if you can in a nutshell, what have been... Actually, I'm going to ask you a more difficult question first. What have been the things that you've taken away? We're like, I want to see that... I want to tweak that ever so slightly. Um, go Whether it be going into 2023 or 2024 or, or whatever it might be. We'll talk on the positives afterwards, of course, but what are the things you're like, mm, I want to have a look at that again? Logistics, I think, you know, that is the challenge. Um, you know, just generally moving around the Caribbean, actually just the world at the minute is not an easy thing. But just moving everything and the way that we've done it, um, you know, what I've noticed this year is that yeah, we've put a lot more pressure on the people that work the gig. I mean, it's it's been really long hours for people um, just because of the tightness of the turnarounds in the window. So that's something that I have to look at to make sure that, you know, we don't sort of burn everyone out because everyone loves the tournament. I mean, there's no question about that. And they love working on it. But, you know, you also want them to enjoy it. Uh, and I think the, you know, there's been a lot of pressure logistically uh, on what we've done. In terms of the tournament itself, the structure, I've, I don't have a problem with it. I think all the teams, as I said, were, have all been very competitive. I mean, there's there's not been an issue from a cricketing side. Um, I think DRS was a big plus this year. I mean, actually, it's funny. I was looking at the stats and there's been a lot of decisions overturned, um, mm. you know, which, which which is good. That's what it's there for. Um, and I think that's something that we've missed in the past. Um, but no, generally, you know, it's, been, it's, it's worked out pretty well. I, I do think there are certain things... Um, Again, you come to places like Guyana where, you know, people are used to sort of, especially some of the, the more seasoned international players, are certain, used to certain conditions in terms of where they stay, how they... And I, and I think Guyana is, whilst it's going through a huge transformation, you know, that's something, that's a learning for, for all of us in terms of making sure that, you know, everything is in place to, to deal with that, which probably wasn't at the start of when we arrived a week ago. Indeed. Uh, and then in terms of, I guess, the the overwhelming positives 
because it is important for you to stress them. Um, and I think it's right for you to want to talk about um, why you're um, happy with what your brand has put on this year. Yeah, look, I th again, I think if you look at, if I take Guyana firstly, you know, the support that, you know, the president down here has given to the games, he's built a huge cricket carnival around CPL. So, you know, there's a real vibe and atmosphere here, which is just so exciting. And, and actually, if, you, if as a blueprint, if you took that to every other country where we played in, so you have the cricket, of course you've got the cricket, but around it, you've got all these other things that showcase whether that's Jamaica, whether that's Barbados, whether that's Trinidad. So you have this, if you like, this week-long festival of activities. I think it works really well. I mean, it's extraordinary. You can't get a, you can't get into this country. I mean, I was looking to get someone in from um, from Antigua. They can't fly in here until the third of October. So, you know, it's it's just bonkers. But but it's that because there's not just the cricket, there's all this other stuff going on. So and I think that's the beauty of what CPL can deliver. And that's what I think the president here had the vision to look at was to say, actually, we'll use CPL as the centerpiece for all this other activity, which will drive tourism, which will drive people coming home for the games. Um, and that's really the economic opportunity that I think, you know, CPL can offer the region, which, um, which is very exciting. Um, but look, again, outside of that, I think, you know, we started the program saying it, you know, why would you not want to come and watch a game of cricket, whether you're in Trinidad, Guyana or any of the other countries? It is just a great experience. Um, and uh, as I keep saying to people, you know, it is you come to the cricket, get a few rums inside you. There's there's nothing better. There really isn't. It's uh, it, it's a great platform. Speaking of rum, I, I, I saw that. Uh... There was a, I don't know which night game it was, but I saw Danny Morrison um, advertising the CPL rum. So bring back a couple of cases for that, <laughs> customs, please. <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, it's great when you talk to someone like Dan. Danny's been a mainstay of, obviously, CPL since mm. day one. But he is such an advocate and he's so passionate about it. And the reason is because it is so unique. It's not, the, you know, CPL in itself, I think, is, has done very well in the way that it's, it's built the brand. But it's just the, the region, the fact that we are able to go to Guyana that is, you know, different to Trinidad, whether it's curry chicken or chicken curry, you know, or, or any of these other great locations that we go to. You, you just have a very different vibe. The, you know, the, the, the cultures are different. Um, and that's what's so exciting. And I think that's what players buy into as well. That's why they love coming down here. Santelki, I'll hand over to you. Yeah, well, it's it's definitely a chicken curry just to end end that debate. But <laughs> um, no, definitely, Pete. Thanks for coming on the show, and we're definitely envious of you getting to experience the finals live in Guyana. I'm sure it'll be something. Hopefully, Guyana can uh, lift lift the maiden title after after ten years of attempts. But no, thank you very much for coming on and um, giving your insights into CPL. Pleasure. And listen, it will. I think it, it, even if they don't get to the final, you know, they've they've made a good run of it. But I think they've got that twelfth man in the stand that's going to get them over the line well uh santoki you've heard it here first this might be your year this might actually <laughs> this might actually be your year but um just to echo what santoki said uh pete thank you for um giving up some of your time um certainly ahead of the game later tonight barbados royals versus the which might actually be the uh the dress rehearsal but barbados royals versus uh guyana amazon warriors and uh we look forward to uh, catching up with you again in the future pete Thanks, lads. Appreciate it. Take care.
Much appreciated. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's been Pete Russell, CEO of the Caribbean Premier League. That's been um, a very quick whirlwind tour for episode 74 of the Caribbean Cricket Podcast. As ever, you know where to find us, at Carib Cricket, once we come out of Twitter jail, um, at Carib Cricket on Twitter, Instagram. You can find us at Facebook. Basically, just search Caribbean Cricket Podcast dot com and you'll find us everywhere you need to find us as ever that's been the caribbean cricket podcast thank you and good night Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.